0: Hi, welcome to yet another episode of Tip Top Tips Edu with me, Mark Anderson, at Net Support. Uh, throughout all the episodes, we look to get some fantastic guests on or experts in their field. And today we are very uh, pleased to be able to welcome one such expert in the field of online learning. Working for a company called Choose, who provide uh, tutoring services to schools around the world. Um, this expert is someone who's uh, uh, undertaken research in this area. Uh, and into online learning and um, has got a PhD, a doctorate in this as well. Uh, I hope I've got all these uh, credentials correct. I'm sure she will correct me if I have got it wrong, but it gives me great pleasure to welcome onto the show today Dr. Sharon Smith, uh, welcome, Sharon. Did I get that all right, or was it? Uh... Yeah,
1: no, near enough. That'll do.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us today. For those uh, who don't know you, beyond what I've shared, could you share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, all of that sort of stuff, please?
1: Yeah, sure. So um I am Sharon Smith. Um, I am a teacher by trade. Been a teacher for quite a while now. Started in um, Secondary schools in uh, in and around Manchester. That's where I trained. Uh, and then I moved over to Cheshire and Cheshire West for a couple of years. Um, so I taught in schools for about eight years. And then I moved to Tew Education uh, in 2014. Um, I guess I moved over trying to find the answer to the question that had plagued my career. Is there a better way of doing this teaching and learning stuff? <laughs> Can I find other ways of doing this for people? particularly disengaged students Um, and that was my kind of way in if you like to um, online education and since then I have indeed finished my doctorate Um, and last year I completed a fellowship with um, BJet as well so that's the British Journal of Education Technology who funded a little bit of research that I did looking at Uh, student voice in online education particularly for alternative provision Um, and yeah that's that's kind of it that's my background I'm also a governor and I've got two kids myself so (laughs) I look at it from all angles teacher parent governor (laughs) you've
0: got got all the badges Sharon
1: (laughs) (laughs) no social life though
0: (laughs) yeah what's that (laughs) Uh, so To me, it's clear why I've got an interest in in the work that you do, given that I'm so interested uh, in in effective uses of technology and teaching and learning and those sort of things. Um, I I know what my perspectives are, but one of my first questions for you this afternoon um, or morning or evening, wherever you're choosing to listen back to this episode, uh, my first question for you, Sharon, is this. um, What tips would you give to teachers looking to improve their online learning? Teachers have been writing at a deep end for over a year now um, with, with, with this idea of online learning. But in in a a world where every day is a learning day, we can always learn new more uh, new things and improve and and get better. So, what tips could you share with our our viewers and listeners uh, that might be sort of good takeaways for them in this regard?
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really important point. You know, um, I've been in this online world for a while for, for sort of seven years now, so it's something I'm quite comfortable with. But I think you know, before I give any tips, I just want to say kudos because. Those teachers that have been making this work during the pandemic have done incredible things, and I, you know, don't want to teach them to suck eggs, but I will give um, some viewpoints if I can, if they'll help. Um, so the first thing, I guess, for me, it always comes down to whether you're online or in a physical classroom. Is student-teacher relationships massively important? Mm. Um, And there's a bit of a myth, isn't there, an outdated kind of old fashioned myth now that if you're online or you're working remotely, you are in some way remote to your students. And that's just not true. It certainly doesn't have to be. Um, I think really making sure that even though you're physically distant from your students, you're not distant in any other sense of the word with your students, really showing that you care, listening to them, spending time working out what those students need is as as critical as it is in the classroom mm-hmm. um, and we do have to work without some of those traditional clues that we would have we'd have our sort of visual checks you'd see what their demeanors like as they come into the classroom you'd be able to read their mood their facial expressions mm-hmm. um, and I think when you first get on into online teaching there's maybe a little bit of a reluctance to give over too much time to chit chat at the start it's not a waste of learning time at all to foster relationships with our students and show them that we really do want to know how they're getting on, how they're working on their academic work more broadly, how things are going. Um, I'm a big fan of Hattie's research and um, one of his big takeaways was that, you know, socioeconomic status, professional development, class size, types of special programs, all sorts of things impact on student progress and attainment, but nothing has a bigger effect than student-teacher relationships on academic growth. So mm. that for me is 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 the first one, I guess. Be remote by all means, but don't be. <laughs> um, I guess uh, ensuring the tech and the teacher is up to task, and I don't mean that in terms of slighting any of my teacher colleagues, um, but, for example, you know, I've been teaching online for a long time. However, did a Zoom quiz on Friday night, could not get an audio clip to play at all <laughs> for my family. So I think whenever you're moving into a new bit of tech, um, spending some time making sure that that tech is fit for purpose and that you as the teacher are in control and know how to work the application to its fullest effect is really important um it's horrible isn't it we've seen so many examples during the pandemic of things going awry too many memes have been born from unfortunate teacher experiences with their uh, various video calling and and all sorts so yeah just you know we've where I am at Tute, we've kind of got our own platform for this sort of stuff, but it doesn't matter what platform you're using so long as you are, you know, confident and competent in using that platform. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, evolving pedagogy for online. I, I You know, I keep hearing the phrase digital pedagogy now. We need a digital pedagogy. Um, and that doesn't mean that we throw the baby out with the dishwater and we you know, um, forget all the things that we've learned about classroom practice. Mm. But it's just that acknowledgement that actually some things that maybe work really well in a classroom might not transfer very easily to online education. Other things that perhaps didn't have so much of a, a presence in a physical classroom might need to be kind of ramped up a little bit online. So our instructional design might needs. Uh, might need developing a little bit Um, for me sometimes online learning initially at least involves a little bit of scaling back um, from the complexity because Mm -hmm. by the time our students have got into their online classroom they've navigated a new site they've logged in they've worked out what they're doing with their audio they've tested the microphone. you know the complexity level is already pretty high so we need to just give them that room to adjust and sharpen the focus in our lessons to maybe chunking things down a little bit more, um, making through, making sure we're moving through each step in a a more um, kind of suitable pace. Mm -hmm. Um, Even things like waiting a little bit longer for a response, you know, if you're asking students to type in a chat box. What is it in a classroom they tell us to allow 30 seconds thinking time well you can at least double that because they've got to type it as well <laughs> mm-hmm. um not being afraid of the silence i guess letting that sort of play out is um is something as well
0: I guess um, I'll uh, yeah, sort of link closely close. to your area of research with student voice as well then. It must be really important to uh, 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 listen to the students, to find out what works for them and how they're working and all those things. And again, that goes to relationships too, doesn't it? Could you share a little bit about your research into student voice and how that sort of links into online learning?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, the, the most recent stuff that I've published is all to do with um, alternative provision, students accessing um, online education as a form of of AP. Um, And that was kind of begun before the pandemic set in. So I didn't realize how um, (laughs) relevant it had become. Um, And what we know already is that student voice is a really critical tool um, for engaging students and student engagement. And I'm using those two terms um, consciously there, you know, getting students involved and interested in their learning, um, absolutely, but also getting them to kind of um, respond to the learning and the the medium through which it's being delivered. So that level of autonomy is really important for students. Um, Giving them a forum in which they can be sort of honest as well and give anonymous feedback in a secure surrounding. So there's been a real kind of... um, focus on digital data collection uh, in strengthening um, kind of that security for students to be able to give honest feedback students don't like to criticize their teachers for a mm. lot of different reasons so a re- I'm a real fan of some of these data collection methods it gives um, a whole new kind of uh, area um, we know AP in particular uptake is increasing. There's been lots of data around sort of the Timpson report. Uh, The Education Policy Institute boasted big publications in 2019 about the number of students accessing AP and also um, off-rolling as a real issue. There's a large number of students no longer in mainstream education. However, what we also know is that once students leave mainstream, quite often there's not much opportunity for them to give any sort of feedback or student voice data on how they find that provision whether it's working for them whether it's helping them to succeed Um, and i I think that's been startling for me in some ways during the pandemic as well that there's not been a massive amount of opportunity for students to give their views their input on the forms of um, online learning that they're doing does it work for them Hmm. So, my research used what we've been doing at Tew as an example of this, but it could be replicated in lots of different situations, using digital data collection methods to gain student voice. Um, Look for um, a kind of pattern, if you like, in what students like, what they don't like. There was a bit of thematic analysis of uh, the data collected. And then really just looking for ways in which we can turn up the things that students do like, um and maybe reduce the things that they don't like um and and just really looking at how viable is online learning for that particular group or any other group of students as well
0: mm-hmm. thank, you, thank you sharon you, you mentioned yeah. the tube You work with could you talk and share a little bit about um, what tute is who they are um and, and what it is they do please
1: yeah sure so to um that i have been working with for quite a while now. Um, We are an online teaching uh, company, Um, so basically fills gaps in provision for schools and uh, non-mainstream settings and those can be all sorts of gaps. It can be where um, students need some intervention or catch-up lessons. Uh, That's some of the work that we're doing at the moment with the NTP programme. Uh, but prior to that, we also deliver full courses in GCSEs and A-levels. Um, we teach from Key Stage 1 up to Key Stage 5. It can be uh, in a school web. maybe they've got a current staff shortage and there isn't a teacher or a subject specialist available for a specific subject. Um, they've done enrichment, so a real broad mix of provisions. Um, that we offer, Um, I think it's something like 30 subjects at the moment, Um, and I think they're up to about 60,000 lessons, so they've been going a while. (laughs) They're well established. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's a really great opportunity for me as somebody who's interested in online teaching to to kind of see these lessons in practice, how um, students react to them, uh the progress they can make um and as i'm sure you and your listeners are well aware everything is all about evidence-informed practice in education um so you know whether that comes in the form of more um quantitative data looking at progress and attainment that's something that we look at to at how students are learning in um terms of you know how many grades progress do they make how many. Um, grade fives and above, how many fours and above, as we would in school,
0: um,
1: kind of tables, but also in the kind of softer data, the qualitative data, student enjoyment, student engagement, um, you know, some of our success stories are also our students that went from zero attendance in a physical setting to 100% attendance online. Um, And that's for a lot of our students is also a pathway back into mainstream, you know, they will start with us, And they will realize, oh, actually, I don't mind this learning stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and end up going on to sixth form or college or something like that as well. So, yeah, a real kind of um, (laughs) eclectic range of provisions that we have over at Chute as well.
0: Thank you ever so much. You mentioned in that uh, um, bit then, Sharon, about the NTP. For those um, who aren't aware of what uh, NTP is, uh, in uh, England we have access to this. Uh, in sorry, in the UK we have access to this thing called the uh, National Tutoring uh, Program, which has got funding available for schools uh, to be able to tap into uh, um, a variety of. Uh, of uh, um, services and solutions uh, to try and help young people who've missed school due to uh, one reason or another related to the um, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Have you got any advice at all Sharon? It's obviously and mentioned this in our little conversation before we went live on the recording, context is key in everything um uh, and so you know uh, tute for example might not be appropriate for some settings and things but um, obviously it is hugely appropriate for many settings Uh, so have you got any tips you could give to schools either with your tute hat on or a sort of uh, governor hat on uh, teacher (laughs) hat on um, uh, about the best way schools can go approach sort of going about making the best use of that ntp funding
1: yeah so the way that the NTP came about is that the um, Education Endowment Fund have done quite a lot of research into small group and one-to-one tuition and obviously after this year with its various demands for, for teachers it's quite a big ask isn't it to then ask those full-time already working hard teachers to deliver in-house additional one-to-one and small group tuition. Mm. so. Providers like ourselves, and there are others doing this as well in um, kind of face-to-face contexts, online contexts, various contexts, we have been used as um, a kind of solution to this. And, you know, uh, through the NTP programme, like you say, it's all subsidised to reduce the cost as well for schools. So what we've been doing with our um, our organisations is that they have been assessing their students, um, maybe grouping them into either single one-to-one groups or small group tuitions where they've got similar needs and then devising a program of lessons for them so it shoot the way that works because we do 45 minutes lesson 45 minute lessons rather than an hour we find that works better for a lot of students um, we have been um, doing a program of 20 lessons whereby the school is able to sort of say um, okay these are the things we've identified as areas of need uh can you deliver a package on these 20 lessons um so for two that's worked really well um and schools have either come to us with a bespoke list or we've got sort of like a menu and they can pick and choose which lessons are best for those students Um, and i think you know that's working really well there's some of our schools have, have had already fantastic results and also i suppose during lockdown three nationally but two for the schools the second of school closures it gave some really good consistency for the students to be able to continue lessons so that that kind of uh lost learning in inverted commas that we keep hearing about was mitigated a little bit um i think like you say though it is entirely down to context um and you know, for all our students, I would say the most important thing in, in terms of catch up is recognizing where those students are at now and mm. what they need to, to move them on. It's, it's basic assessment for learning, isn't it? Where are they? Where do they need to be? How are we going to get them there? And if, you know, online learning is one of the tools that you can use to facilitate that transition between where they are now and where they need to get, in a condensed space of time, of course, um, for a lot of our year 11s, um, then that's all the better.
0: hmm Uh, that's really useful and um, very salient and sort of meets with my my sort of approaches and ideas behind it as well Sharon thank you very much for uh, sharing all of that Uh, we're getting towards the end of our uh, allotted time for this recording today but I wanted to just ask as a final question was there anything else that you felt like would be useful to any of our teacher listeners Uh, any other tips or anything that you'd like to share just before we start to wrap things up today Sharon
1: um, I think i would just go back again I guess to student voice. I mean like I say we all measure progress and attainment day in day out but you know the biggest agents in any learning activity are the students themselves. So for me it always comes back to listening to our students. What is working well for them? What do they engage with? What do they make progress when they're doing and how can we turn up those opportunities for students how can we ensure that they get more of that and less of what doesn't work for them Um, schools teachers um subject leads Mm. heads everybody at every level is going to be under an enormous amount of pressure in the foreseeable future unfortunately Mm. Um, so i think you know really taking the time to listen to our students and make sure that what we're doing is um, what will benefit them most rather than being kind of hamstrung a little bit as as sometimes we are in these situations um is is the biggest takeaway for me. And you know mm-hmm. if, if our students are saying this is what works, this is helping me, this is enabling me to get where I need to be, that is um, that's the the biggest kind of takeaway for me. prioritize their voices
0: and that, that makes perfect sense to me if you go back to sort of the core values of what it is to be a teacher you know part of the core role of a, of a teacher is to act in loco parentis um, and for those who are listening who haven't trained to be a teacher and, and don't recognize the latin it means in place of parents uh, and so that that's the kind of the, one of the sort of most basic roles of the teacher and y- you'd hope and want that most parents would show an interest in their children listen to them respond to their needs and all these sort of things and so if that's our core cool values that we do want to respond to our students want to listen to what they, they want and and how they are and, and and develop those relationships which as you've alluded to with Hattie's research and others uh, of the importance of that in terms of uh, the impact it could have on student uh, and learner progress
1: then it, it
0: seems like an absolute no-brainer to to make sure that student voice is at the heart of everything that you do surely
1: you'd hope so wouldn't you? And I I guess that's sometimes the surprising Um, reflection that comes out of a lot of the data that 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 isn't there it just isn't evident you know I haven't Mm. seen many publications talking about how students have reacted to specific forms of online learning during the pandemic just doesn't exist Um, we've had a lot of uh, teacher talk about it Quite rightly, as we should, we've had a lot of parent talk about it um, and parents reflecting on it. But there's not been, for me, enough focus on our students and, and how they are responding. And like you say, you know, it does seem um, kind of just logical, doesn't it, to listen mm. to to students but i think in the madness of um our obsession with progress and attainment and making sure students get through their gcses or a levels or sats or whatever else sometimes those voices they're just they're just muted a little bit so yeah that for me is is the the biggest key and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about online learning or classroom based learning Um, Or whether you're learning how to bake a cake in your kitchen, you know, how's this going for you? Is this working? What can we do to support you better? Those are the things that it all comes, comes down to.
0: Well, you've heard it here. Well, you don't, you've not heard it here first, but you've heard it reinforced certainly <laughs> here uh, Listen to your students. Listen, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me today, uh, Sharon. Um, I've been putting your Twitter handle and uh, website address and things across the bottom. In fact, I'll do that again now. But if people do want to find out more about you and uh, or read some of your um, papers, uh, where can people find out more about you and what you do, Sharon?
1: Yeah, so um, I will quite happily share with you. I don't know if I can do that in your comments the link to Uh,
0: i can put some things into the show notes at the end so that that can go there as a sort of a clickable thing either on youtube or or on the uh, podcast software as well so that's fine on that front just wonder if you want to sort of just just say where people can find things
1: yeah okay so um the uh latest publication that i've been working on is available uh via bjet so if you have a look on there for um finding the voice of students accessing alternative provision that's my paper there um and there's also publications available via linkedin and um the tute website
0: brilliant stuff well, listen thank you so much for taking the time to join me today sharon i really really appreciate it and uh, i look forward to catching up with you uh, irl as it were at some point in the hopefully near future uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today really appreciate it thank you
1: thanks mark bye